right, everybody, guess what? We're back. <laughs> I know y'all was wondering where we were, but we were here. We're back. Niggas have things to do. <laughs> <That too. laughs> some of us are traveling the country. Some of us are trying to get book agents. So we are some busy hoes. But we're back because you're waiting on us and we have to be nice. So mm-hmm. we're back. But yes, welcome back. Megashina is back in the cut. I'm Nick. And I'm Victor. Oh, and we have to play catch up. And welcome <coughs> to 2020. Yes. Welcome to fucking 2020. Yes. 20, what, 29 days in and stuff is already just blowing up. Just... <sighs> <laughs> yeah. Uh let's go let's jump right into it. How have you been? Well I last time we talked. Well, I have been good. I had a nice break, two weeks off, but then it got to a point where I feel like the days are running together. So that was good. And then, you know, back to work and um personal life is great. Um and um um, as some of you know, trying to now, I have been working with the editor now. We are done, and we're trying to get an agent, a literary agent. So to, to explain what that is, a literary agent will help you get signed by a publishing company. So therefore, you don't have to you know, self-publish. They will do all that for you. They help you get into an image or DC or Marvel, and they help you get that deal, broker a deal, get you some money, all that cute stuff. So we're looking into that, and that will be a tedious event because, yes, you will get rejected, but you may luck out and get someone who will represent you. So we're in the middle of that right now, and I am <coughs> getting over being sick. So I was off all yesterday. So I was happy to lay down, but now I'm back, and I'm still feeling a little bit, so I just had a cup of Robitussin to get through the rest of the day. How about yourself? Well, y'all know I've been traveling. Um, let's see, this week I'm in Allentown, Pennsylvania, and I'm already ready to go. Because <laughs> <laughs> ain't shit here to do. It's not. Um, yeah, I'm like, what did I do down here? So I've just been keeps to myself and in my room. You know, nothing major. Yeah. Mm. I spent was the Christmas Christmas within um Providence. So I spent it in my hotel room alone. Oh. Um I know, right? New Year's Eve, we actually had like a um a little party. And it was okay. Yeah. But other than that, y'all, not much. It's working. Yeah. Working to make that money, as y'all do make know, that money. we already are entering con season. Um, so um, the neat thing is, Megashine has a press pass for WonderCon. WonderCon is one of the first big ones. Well, not really. There's some other ones coming up, but WonderCon is one of the the beginning of the big ones coming through. So we do uh-huh. have a press pass for that, so you may hear some stuff from us at that time and lord i just remember i start saving money <laughs> right oh god oh. 
and pay taxes. Goodness, this I don't want to talk about it. I shouldn't have to. Pay taxes. <laughs> That's what I don't like about when you you make you you make a decent salary. They want to come up and act like, well, then you can start paying. Like, no, that's not the case. Just because I'm making more than what I did before doesn't mean you need to start taking what I got. Goodness. <laughs> I enjoy it. Between the taxes and my mama, y'all taking too much of my money. So I'm just saying. Not your mama. <laughs> yes. Her expensive taste and $400 wigs and almost $200 huh. uh, perfume. Yeah, that's all Perry. <laughs> Oh my God, Lord! Have you seen that movie, that Tyler Perry movie? Okay, so you know, have you seen it? Because we could talk about it really quick. Um, I refuse to see it. I'm not watching it. So this is what I did. I the movie came out, and you know, and I want y'all to, if you look at the ads for this movie, it has that woman's crying, messed up face as an ad. It's pretty much the ad of every think of this movie so basically when you see an ad of fall from grace it's her crime disheveled face so that just kind of sends the message of a disheveled black woman every time you see this ad that's one of that people know that but do look it up because every time you see this an ad for it, it's her face crime but yes so i got bored <coughs> and decided to not i skimmed through it so i was like uh-huh. i'm gonna skim through it because i kind of already read about it online and um somebody leaked a script i don't know if that was the real script but if it was okay so um you know everybody was talking about it so i looked through it the let me just say this the mistakes that were made needed to be called out because you cannot be at a level that he is at and make these mistakes because no shade but you know yeah we always talk about like oh it was a white director or well you know everybody likes to say well y'all don't go after white directors like that we do but some of them don't make these blatant ass mistakes like i think one of the ones i pointed out online was the fact that it was in a diner and you look in the back there's the you know you know there's, there's always you know you know, the, the side actors in the background, you know, whatever. Right, the extras and whatnot. Yeah, but the extras were not even doing what their job. That one man was not, had a glass of empty water, a, a, a cup of uh, empty glass with no water, drinking it, which was obvious. Then you saw him literally take his fork, stick it in the food, but pull no food out and eat nothing. And I'm sitting here going, did nobody catch that in editing? That's not it. That's not the only thing. Then you caught... I think the judge was reading the script. The script was on his table. You could see the script. There was parts where um, one part of her wig was together, the next part it was out. So many plot holes. And I'm sitting here going, this is why we are this critical against Tyler. It's because not many of us get up to this level. And then when you get up to this level, it looks like this. So this is my weird conspiracy theory i always believe that the reason why tyler has made it so big is because you know white people are like we'll let tyler get this high because it looks this bad <laughs> so we're gonna let him you know anybody who, who's good like ava and them they're gonna always be scared of because we see the quality of what ava gives us when she gives us stuff right or or, or ryan coogler like you know when they all give us or um or jordan peele you see what they give us 
quality, award-winning uh-huh. stuff, Oscar-winning stuff. And then, you know, they want to make sure they don't get nominated or whatever. You see how that plays out, right? But then here's Tyler with all this empire and all this, but you see what it is. And I'm like, well, they allow that to happen because that's not a threat. That's not a threat to Costasi. That's not a threat to Billy Crystal or any other comedian. You know, it's not good to anybody who's out here, Larry David, who's has made an impact on comedy or drama, whatever. He's not a threat. So they allow him to get as high as he gets. But everybody else, they watch very closely. That's why I, I believe they're afraid of people like Ava and, and Brian and all that, because they know they can snatch all their wigs. Tyler is not a threat, so they let that rise. It's almost like saying, we'll let this nigga rise because that's the best you can do. Like, I, I don't know, maybe I'm crazy. I just feel like that is this weird conspiracy about why he's so high up because it's mess and they just want to show us that this is <laughs> what you have to do to make it i don't know i'm just saying just, go ahead it's just <sighs> like he said that he doesn't have a writer's room <sighs> but he's always having these movies from a black woman's point of view as if he knows better how a black woman acts feels goes through than they do number one (laughs) number two is always this whole movie of somebody has done this black woman wrong and it's usually a dark-skinned nigga and then they have this light-skinned nigga be the the captain save a hoe and somewhere in the movie cicely tyson is sitting in front of somebody's plantation uh, telling everybody, remember where you came from and this is your people and yada, 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 and this, that, the third. And I'm like, okay, we get it. We get it. Thank you. My God. It's just, uh. and then he said, oh, there was an article that came out. I think I saw it today or yesterday that he said he doesn't have time to be waiting around on set for the right wig. Well, first of all, girl, you <laughs> should have your wigs together before you even shoot, right? Mm-hmm. And if you are in Atlanta, those the amount of people that know how to do hair in Atlanta, I said online, it was like, it's almost borderline offensive to say that you don't have time to wait for the right wig where a lot of people are basically killing themselves to get in this kind of industry as far as any kind of stylist, any kind of hairdressing, like that know how to change a $15 wig to make it look like a million bucks. Right? Think of all the drag queens in Atlanta. Think of all of the stylists, all the stuff that's been done. People who've been doing hair in the hood for years, who've been using for years stuff on craigslist to get notification i mean it's just the fact that it's it's it was insulting i was sitting there going that's insulting tyler because you could have somebody could have came in there and helped it doesn't take that much to get a wig together but this it really doesn't these are consistent bad wigs this has not been just one this has been multiple times multiple times lord he I'm, made, I'm not doing it with him. <coughs> I, I refuse to support he him. Maked, Makai, whatever his name is, that handsome, good-looking man look like a busted Raph transplant. <laughs> Didn't he look like a uh, uh, old bargain basement uh, Jimmy Early? <laughs> Lord, I'm mad at that. Yes, <laughs> he made him look like Jimmy Early for <laughs> real. 
We could have just left them like, bomb. Why? why do we need this wig? Right. That, uh, oh my God. That, oh, I don't even know what it was. That fake, fake your way to the top. Uh, <laughs> yes. That was terrible. Jimmy Early. But yeah, you know, Tyler, I, I struggle with Tyler a lot for so many different reasons. But this right here, I think what bothered me the most was the attack or the, the you know, the attack I was getting from black folks. Uh, most of Oh, yeah, they were like, oh. oh. Go ahead. <clears throat> Mostly on Facebook, because, you know, you can't go, Facebook is, is a whole different world than Twitter. But, you know, there, they were like, they came after me and a few others, like, how they're like, one of my good friends from college was like, you don't understand because you wasn't a theater student. I was like, we, me and my friend Sinead was like, we don't have to be theater students to know, <laughs> to know. Right, you don't. Yeah, we didn't have to be. And so I felt like, no, this, this, this should not have been what it's been. And Tyler should not be as big as he is. I know he has a market and I know people like his stuff. I have seen some of his stuff, but I think after a while, you've been doing this for over 20 years and we still see the same type of situation, the same broke down, trodden out black woman, the same same storyline. Somebody has to say, something has to give. You know what I mean? Shonda Rhimes hasn't been out that long and she still gave you a different type of storyline. Hell, we got what? Scandal, how to go with murder. She even had a fairy tale one almost at one point. And then she had- right. One that it didn't do well, but I thought it was cute. It was one that had mostly a white cast, but it did. It was cute for what it was. She knew how to give you some difference. I don't think people kill me. They a lot of black folks kill me as far as saying, "Oh, y'all, uh, do y'all do the same thing with white directors and white movies?" I'm like, "Yes, we do." Mm-hmm. Just because it, they think like black black media or like black movies is above uh criticism or critique mm-hmm. like we don't have to take shit from our fellow black directors producers and whatnot it's not that we're being overly critical or just being downright mean we demand the same amount of excellence from these other directors and producers and whatnot why should we relegate ourselves to shit? True. And if you're going to have an empire, you need to act like that empire is made out of gold. So. At least have your um, stuff be valued in gold and not uh, gold debt or cubic zirconia. Yes. But again, if, if y'all haven't seen the movie, if you do see the movie, it, 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 the mistakes alone it's glaring. It's like a first draft. It really is, y'all. It's like a first draft they got. And I'm mad at Netflix because Netflix could have been, they could have been, I think Netflix was petty because, you know, they could have been like, Tyler, uh, we just watched this and we have seen, I think there's someone mentioned there's like, it's over 12 glaring mistakes. Um, they could have just been like, okay, before we air this, because you know, when you own Netflix, you own forever in a way that you can be looked at multiple times at any minute they should have been like okay before we put this out here you might want to clear this up (laughs) before you put because that's their name too you know i'm like netflix i could have been like a little bit better and like we before we release this 
it almost felt petty how they did it, but I was like, okay. But uh, this is why he has a deal with BET. But <laughs> they can handle it. And that is another, <laughs> that's another conversation. What was? Oh, Lord. Well, let's go ahead. We kind of already got into the TRA. So right. let's go ahead and keep drinking it and see what we got on the docket. Um, let's see. Morbius. He's coming. <laughs> uh, I don't know why, personally, but I, he's coming. He is coming. The trailer. Um, I don't. What to say? The trailer. I don't feel one way or the other about the trailer. Uh, you know, I didn't really care. Uh, it was like we got this beefed up. It's a character I never cared about anyway. You know what I mean? And I'm like, I didn't really see the reason uh-huh. why he gets a movie. Personally, Black Cat deserves a movie more than he does. But am I going to watch it? Probably not. I didn't see Venom. <laughs> I, I think it's a, um, I think it's a continuation of maybe the finished, well, a buildup of the finished six coming together. Because yeah. I did notice that Vulture was in it and he still had his uh, costume or his, uh, his gel costume on. Yeah. So maybe something along those lines, but I'm not that much of a Jared Leto person. And why in the hell is Tyrese in this movie? <laughs> like, I hope that nigga dies in the movie, to be honest. Yeah. Well, you know, he messed up his, his check going after The Rock, you know. <laughs> you know That's what he gets. Yep, and I'm like, y'all can't mess with The Rock. The Rock is ruling all of this stuff right now. So I'm just like, eh. But you know, this you, we 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 kind of talked about Venom like a dog, and that ended up getting money anyway. So this may get that money because remember, the people who went to see Joker will be the ones to go see this. Now see, I I am interested to learn about it. I just wish it was a different actor. Yeah, I can see that. I'm like, we'll uh. yeah, but let's see what the interesting thing is in the MCU, they, they, going, they are going to introduce Dracula. That was um, brought up. They're going to introduce tra- Dracula, and I think we may see him in Moon Knight. Um, so for those of you who have read Moon Knight in the past, he's dealt more with the werewolf by night character, but Dracula is supposed to be coming in, which will make sense considering where the MCU is kind of going with certain characters popping in and out. Um, so we, you know, they're going to be using Dracula. So I don't, you know, who knows how this will, if it will blend, um, it could, you know, they could be like, oh, here's the real Dracula and whoever, however, but I I don't know. I'm not really looking forward to this and I keep saying I won't see it, but if somebody offers me a free showing, then I will see it for that, but I can't be dropping the money for this. I'll see it if it's, I don't know, because <laughs> I wasn't going to laugh, but I have no idea, really. <laughs> Lord. Oh, and speaking of, um, speaking of the MCU, I, th- I think everybody kind of heard about, you know, there, there is no director for Doctor Strange. That whole movie is, up, it's not up in the air. But I think Scott Derrickson, I'm saying his name wrong, the director, he is, he's out. 
So that's going to, they're going to look for a brand new director very soon. I know people have been saying all types of stuff. You know, I have heard Jordan Peele. I've heard um, some other folks. I'm the guy who did Midsummer, which that might be interesting to do. Um, uh-huh. I think it's Ari Arshner. Um, But if that's the case, um, we'll see what happens with that. Um, the rumor was that Scott wanted a more... Um, darker horror movie style um and you know kevin ain't trying to make it all you know hard not with his disney you know they have to make it somewhat pg-13 ish um so you know they didn't want to go a horror route but if if they do what i'm thinking because you know i've i've read a pretty good amount of doctor strange they don't have to go horror but they can go pg-13 ish and get away with a lot of stuff so um, I don't know what they would do in the in that whole madness of multiverse. So, what that movie would be like, but they don't have to go dark. They can almost go as dark as the animated version of um, I don't know if you saw it, the Justice League Dark. Um, they can go saw parts of it, yeah, <clears throat> which was pretty good. I actually got to see. It. I, I I lucked out and got Hulu <laughs> for free, so I was like, okay, I'm gonna check it out and it was pretty good so i think they don't have to go as dark but i think it can be something worthwhile and i'm still thinking they're gonna because it's gonna have wanda scarlet witch and it may have um monica in it i think the only time they were all in a big story that was kind of dark and scary was when they did fight dracula so that's why i'm thinking this may be where dracula is really introduced in this in this um in this phase but I don't think it has to go dark, but yeah, they are looking for a new director. Um, and I'm not worried because usually they find people right away, you know, because remember, right. Ava, Ava was supposed to do Black Panther and she couldn't do it through to her own time constraints. So they end up getting Ryan Coogler and everything worked out. So, um, huh? so we'll see. We'll see uh, what will happen with this. But, you know, hopefully it will be a good movie regardless. Yeah, I'm interested what they see, what they do with this movie. Uh, regardless, I, yeah, I think it's a script finish, or is it in, you know, whatever they want to. It's a script finish, or still doing drafts. I want to say the script is finished. I always feel like they had a stuff finished already. It's just uh, getting stuff together. But if it's not finished, I'm sure they have a a gang of writers just ready to like finish it up if they need to. Because I feel like they always stay ready for anything. So. I don't have any doubts. Right. But I have been hearing people have doubts about Black Widow, which I'm like, I, you know, I'm excited about it. Am I the only one? Are you excited about it or you don't really care? I'm excited about everything about it except Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> I just, first of all, the movie came out, the movie's coming out like maybe 10 years too late. Yeah, for me, but I know it's going to somehow fit into the overall universe that they're doing. I just really don't give a fuck to see Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, I think she probably didn't help it a lot, but I do like the characters surrounding it and the fact that they are getting into the widows because we saw a little bit of that in um, Agent Carter. And so it's going to be nice to see what these widows are. I know there's a black widow. Well, there's a black woman has as one of the widows that they talked about. 
So we're about to see a whole bunch of them. And, you know, I'm really excited to see what this is going to get into. And Florence Pugh, um, for those of you who saw Midsummer, she was the main actress that was crying through most of the movie, but she plays her sister. So that's gonna, she's a good actress too. So that's going to be fun to see. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, there's already do bros talking about these movies um, to where it's like, oh, they try to do all these women movies and it's not going to be great. There's no sex appeal in them, but I think it's going to be pretty good. So I'm looking forward to that. The second trailer did drop and it still caught my attention. So I'm excited for this. I mean, I guess I'll see you. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to see, isn't um, Rachel Wise in that? Yes. I just want to see her fight, and um, <laughs> David Harbour is in it, too. Yeah. But I I kind of just, like I said, I'm excited about everybody aside from Scarlett. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so it should be pretty And, <laughs> and Scarlett, uh, Angelina Jolie and Salt is the Black Widow that we should have gotten. You know, I still haven't seen Salt. I saw parts of Salt, and I was like, she's, I, what I saw, she was doing a lot. I need you to get on fucking on <laughs> right now. Because <laughs> I need to see what's doing the most. So yeah, I need to see Salt because I've heard a lot about Salt. So I need to see this. Angelina Jolie. Well, she could have done it. Mm -hmm. You could have done it. Well, she's isn't she? Um, isn't she in the internal? Yeah, she's in that. So we'll see what she's up to in that one too, but. Uh, you know, it's interesting because, again, it was supposed to be, and I, even though I said this, I forgot her name, it wasn't supposed to be Scarlett Johansson. It's supposed to be um, the other actress, and I know she was in Devil, or Devil Wears Prada, and I just watched her the other oh, night. Oh, um, oh, shit. Oh, what is her name? Are you talking about the one that played Andy or the one that played, uh, like, um, not Emily Blunt? Yeah, Emily Blunt. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And I can see that because she has that look about her. Yeah. So I would have believed that too. But you know, Scarlett's not bad at it. She just, it's just some of her choices and things she says and does sometimes. But yeah. If she would just learn to shut the fuck up. <laughs> true. True. So true. Oh, man. And then speaking of dude bros, um, this week, um, some, some, somebody posted, and it was all over Twitter, uh, about how the reason why Birds of Prey, which is coming out next week, is going to flop. They're claiming that it's going to flop because they are no longer sexy. They don't look sexy. They look flat-chested. Uh, and they don't look like they're really respecting the fans of these comics. That was one of the tweets that came out this week of how, and it was a long thread of, not really a long, long thread, but it was like a, a thread of a few tweets about why it's going to flop. Um, so it's really interesting because a lot of dude bros are not really excited about them being, I don't know, fully dressed. They, I guess they forget that Harley Quinn used to have a full-on bodysuit. Right. <laughs> Like she in the cartoon was in a full on bodysuit before they start putting her in hot pants and all that stuff. But I don't know what I don't know what people are so why are they so afraid of 
women not being sexy or why is that their only view of sexiness when it comes to women? Because they can't jack off to it. That's sad. That's really sad. Because sometimes it don't, <laughs> sometimes it doesn't take much. But I'm just saying the fact that they need all of that for this movie. Now, uh, there's been some reviews already out about Birds of Prey and some people are saying that it's really good. Um, some people say the story is kind of is a little jumbled, but you also are coming from the mind of Harley Quinn, so you get a little bit of that from her. Um, but you know, it, I I can't wait. It's coming out next week. I'm going to see it. I want to see it for myself. But the reviews have been great so far. Have you heard anything different? Yeah, about I haven't heard. I've heard that um, it reminds people of Deadpool. Okay, there's a lot of uh, breaking of the fourth wall. Um, it's very gory or violent. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of comic book heads will like that. So I'm interested to see it. Yeah. Uh, it, it looks like it's going to be good. I'm going to be here for it. And I think that, you know, I really don't care if they're sexy or not. And that's not why I go see a movie. Not even when I go see Captain America. I don't see it because I think I'm going to see Chris and his draws. It's just, I go see it because... Right. <laughs> not like I would reject that, but I'm just saying, we don't go to see Chris in his draws. We go and see right. him because it's because he's Captain America. My goodness. Like, you know, as gay men, we already a mess. We at least got some type of, some scruples. So come on, y'all. I mean, come on. <coughs> oh, goodness. But yes, uh, wow, it's just so much. We're just trying to hit all the things that we're trying to catch up on. But one thing that we, we did watch, and maybe y'all have watched or have not, have or have not watched, was Don't Fuck With Cats. <laughs> uh, yes so, so if you didn't like uh, Victor said uh, Don't Fuck With Cats is like a limited series on Netflix it's about um, a killer that started out killing cats and then upgraded to actually killing a person which is the basic uh, typical progression of a serial killer. I thought the, the series overall was good. I'm glad that it was only like, I think it was like, what, three episodes? Yeah, three or four. But I still have, yeah. Uh, I still have some questions. <laughs> I still have like mad questions. Like, and this is going to be spoiler if you haven't seen it. Um, when that lawyer, the one that he said looked like Michael Douglas, when he was, um, he did too. He did. He really did. Mm -hmm. uh, when he was talking about the uh, the report that he got from Miami, saying that how he had got raped uh, and was taken into the the uh, the, uh, the hospital down there, mm -hmm. the hospital wouldn't make a false report. You know what I mean? Yeah. So why wasn't that? Was that, did Luca, did he forge that? And if he didn't, why wasn't that looked up or pursued? Hmm. 
if this so-called Manny and other people gang raped him. And another thing, if this Manny wasn't a real person, then that third video of when they fed the, the cat to the snake, there was another hand that looked way too dark to be Luca. That was, I, I guess, was petting the snake. Yeah. And it was right before the mom said there was another person. Mm-hmm. Like, that needed to be investigated. And I still say that there is still some stuff we don't know about this case. I still think Luca's a killer. Mm-hmm. But I still think that what the mom said was true about this whole Manny Lopez actually being the puppet master. But that, but I struggle with that because I know when they broke it down to Luca's obsession with uh, that movie, Mexican thing. And I was know when they broke that down, that particular part, I was like, oh my god! I was like, he maybe it was somebody else involved, but the fact that he used that Manny Lopez and that was something similar to the name of the, I think it was Manny Basquez, something like that. Um, it was some, Lopez. Yeah, the, the person that... Oh, no, the, the person, that person that was in the actual movie? Yeah. Yeah, that was Manny Basquez. Yeah. And so <clears throat> I was like, okay, sir, so you are playing out your role. But what I just thought that was just interesting was, yeah, the progression, how it went from the cats to all of that, but how he was playing folks all through that. And the people who were, you know, the only, the people online are no joke because they, they kind of not scared me, but you know, you never know at the end of the day what they can actually do. Because the fact they were able to kind of match so much of this stuff up was interesting. And I was afraid for the woman at one point because I think that one part when they went to her job. Yeah, they sent her a video of her, uh, the the casino that she worked at. I was like, okay, this is y'all are doing the most in this, and that's why I was thinking, wow, um, that was a lot. And I felt for her because you know she was, she was like, I just wanted to you know look at cats and just be happy, and then all of a sudden this happens and got caught right. up. You never know. Sometimes like you know when we go online <clears throat> and we just be looking up stuff to be looking up. You know, because sometimes, you, you know, I may look up old uh, Dinah Ross performances. You never know what you may stumble on by just trying to find certain things. And so it's just really interesting uh-huh. what happens. But the fact that Luca just kept us going for so long was, was, um, was amazing to me. Like, how did he get away with so much work? The money he was getting to travel all over these places. Right. How, did, how in the hell... Did the French police lose him? I still don't understand how they did that. If they had followed him from the hotel to that Nouveau Hotel, mm-hmm. I mean, not from, from the airport to the Nouveau Hotel, like, how the hell did they lose him? If, especially if they were tailing him. Yeah. I was like, okay, that didn't make any sense to me, but whatever. That and the fact that it really came down to the internet people who kind of tied all this stuff up. Right. He was basically what she said. He was so vain that he wanted to see about himself on the computer and basically got caught up there. Like, well, that's how it is sometimes, girl. I know, but it was just really sad that, you know, that poor poor boy lost his life and how 
you know, it was like nothing to Luca just to kill this man. And I was just like, wow. But the fact right. that he did it and, you know, he was walking in and out of the house and in, 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 in out of the apartment and there was the cameras was like showing him doing that. But just the fact that he was able just to do that, it was, it's, it's scary, you know, especially when you think that, you know, surveillance is protecting you. It's kind yeah. of, <laughs> it's not really protecting you at all. It also made me think about, again, I remembered the story because the story came before, they didn't really get into all the details, but when the story came out, it was based on a Craigslist killer. So it was based off that, which got a lot of us thinking about like, you know, stay off Craigslist, don't even use that. Or even when it comes to these apps, I'm always thinking like, y'all need to be careful because you just never know who you going to do stuff with. You don't know these people at all. You may have seen them a couple of places, but you still don't know anything about them. And oh, right. it's, just, it's just really, it's just fascinating <coughs> how you just never know until it's too late, you know, because you know, Luca was supposedly charming enough to get people to believe him and, and to let him have his way with so many different things. But his vanity, you know, was what was kind of his downfall. So wow <laughs> it's just so much in that and it and oh it's just you do realize that it was ordinary people who kind of put this together and, and sometimes the cops are not really helpful at all and, oh. especially that uh what was that that um that little group with the big looking guys yeah i think they did more harm than good yeah and they gave their go ahead no i was just saying that it made me think about stand culture in a way too because True. yeah because how they you know people can get so much into stuff they kind of make it worse than what it really is yep mm. oh well uh, if you haven't watched it it's on netflix um Yes, go watch it. Yeah, because that was just, I was just amazed by what was happening, what was going on, and just how long it took them just to get it together, but also just how they were piecing it together. So I, I did like how, you know, the way they did it. And I was thinking, at first I thought those two people were going to get together at the end. Like, they will be like, oh, they are they married. So I really thought that at first. So I think he lives in L.A. And she, I forgot where she's from. She's from Las Vegas. But I was thinking, oh, they could get together and, like, come, like, you know, they could have their own series. They could be, like, <laughs> detectives. Detectives. Because they oh, were girl. good. <laughs> they were good at getting that together. They really were. It's truly. Lord. Let's see. Anything else? Kind of. This. It's. Ugh, it's been going on. I mean, we know the Oscar nominations came out. We know that that's still white. Trash. Uh, um. It's also interesting that the Joker did get eleven nominations, which. I was like 11 nominations. And then when I thought about it, I was like, it's mostly white men who are voting. And many white men talked about how they could relate to this character. 
but then it makes me wonder how many of them actually watched this you know what i mean like how many how many of them actually watched the the films that were put out um uh-huh. or were nominated that's the question i really want to know because i don't know for sure if that was actually if they actually watch all these films or they just kind of follow the hype but 11 nominations even for best director i'm like okay i was like okay however there was a lot of shutouts um you know still i mean it's interesting that um the like um i forgot her name but she was cynthia evo was her name uh yeah the uh, yeah she's nominated for harry and i, and I feel like that was almost a, <laughs> that was some shade because I, I because people didn't really respond well to harry but yet she gets a best actress nomination for that um, it was a slave movie so of course it was going to get nominated of course and then you have Lapita who played two roles and was not even nominated. Um, but then, you know, and I love Laura Dern, so I'm not going to try to take anything away from her. But she got nominated. Um, Scarlett Johansson got nominated. I think she's nominated twice. For um, that Marriage Story? Marriage Story, which I did watch Marriage Story. It was good, but I don't know if it was Oscar good. I don't know if I'm watching. No, I think you know, you should watch it though. You should watch it though, because it, it was a pretty good movie. It just I felt like uh, I don't know if this is Oscar stuff, but yeah. But Oscars are still very white, and I think they really need to like they just need to do like okay, we're gonna pick twenty people to be the to be the board to nominate. You know, to be the ones who are making the judgments it shouldn't be so broad however they do it it needs to be 20 people every every three to five years that they switch out you know and just kind of go from there and see what happens just to freshen it up a little bit but this method ain't working to a point where we are i mean the joker 11 nominations though i'm just like okay and somebody said well, Heath Ledger got nominated for us, but he did a great-ass job. And I'm not going to take anything from Joaquin. Joaquin did a good job, but this movie was not worth 11 nominations, though. And I it really it. wasn't. No, it really wasn't. And for the fact that... That's how white folks type shit on. You know, that's true. And Todd Phillips, the director, was like, say, this is not a comic book movie. And I'm like, it is, sir, because you put in Bruce Wayne. You put in the death of the Waynes, which everybody knows what that is. You did all the, if you didn't have Bruce Wayne in it, then okay. I could be like, okay, but you put him in it. You put the death of the Waynes in it. It's a comic book movie. <laughs> it's a comic book movie. Oh, goodness. So, yeah, we're... And, you know, the funny thing is, it's just 29 days, and we already have all of this mess happening. <laughs> not to even mention the impeachment. We're not even getting into that, but we're in the middle. Oh, girl. Uh, the impeachment, Kobe Bryant's death, like, it was, it was an earthquake somewhere. So, yeah. it's too much. As I'm saying, in 29 days, we have had so much happen <laughs> but with that said we're going to put these uh teacups away and go ahead and get into our king size 
um, issue today, which is basically talking about our creativity. Because sometimes you need to really turn to that when there's a bunch of bullshit like this happening in the world and sadness and stuff. And, you know, I think it's always going to turn to your creativity. So I guess let's just talk about that. And what do we do to really strengthen our creativity came and say the word. So I'll let you know, Nick, what do you do to get your creativity going and, and keeping it fresh? And because I know you have to be aware of your creativity, especially when it comes to the things that you do, uh, especially in the drag world and things like that. What is what keeps you fresh? What keeps your creativity just rolling? Oh, I would say new ideas. Like so you y'all know that I, I like fashion. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to I guess drag. I am inspired by Okator. Um, um, inspired by new ways of looking at stuff. Um, there was, for example, there was this one picture of, I don't know, it gets, it looked like a some kind of animal, and it had like a big whole um, mane. It almost looked like a a horror monster. But I was like, huh, I could see somebody using this as a starting point for like a creative costume. And, or I'll see different um, different costumes or different looks and I can see somebody turning it at, into a different costume. I think my creative ideas, I think it comes from I don't know. Maybe some kind of it can come from you know like video games, from movies, from horrors, from a wide variety of things. I think it's not just one set place that I can pull it from. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just comes from a lot of different places, and I can I can find inspiration in a lot of different sources. Yeah. Hmm. Now, what about you? For me, similar stuff to what you were saying, I can look at, I remember when I used to be into fashion design, I think I always felt like I was at a, the 80s was, the late 80s was a great point of fashion in a lot of ways because there was so many things coming out and there was so many ways you could be inspired from cartoons and dolls and sci-fi things and what have you. But I, I always, my creativity, I like to always, I have to, be, I always believe that creativity should be outside of your own box. It should never be something that you're comfortable with. Creativity has to be able to flow all the way into everything to where it challenges you. <clears throat> and for me, when I think of a story or different characters, I have to take myself out because I feel like a lot of us sometimes like to put ourselves into our characters or situations and that's fine, but don't completely mold yourself into the characters. You should take one aspect and I think you should be able to kind of look at it from a perspective of like a what if, like what if I was a killer? What if I was a whore? (laughs) What if I was this? What if I was that? Take it to different levels and then begin to build, you know, people in, in, places and things from that. Also from the people around you, you get a lot of inspiration um, from 
you know, from the way they act, how they handle things. It's always great to kind of look at things from, from a different perspective for other people. But I also think creativity is sparked from just the smallest of things. Like I remember um, driving down a dark road, I saw a box with a shoe hanging out of it. And I thought that was the creepiest thing. And from that, you can gather, get so many ideas and gather so many type of things that you can lay out so many different storylines. Um, I remember, you know, seeing uh, just one, uh, going into an abandoned house and seeing one dress hung up in an abandoned house in a closet was something that just kind of sparked for me to write a couple of stories when I was a kid um, that freaked out my teacher. So it was like stuff that, you know, little things like that has always helped my creativity. Just look at the smallest things and make it really bigger. Or just like, you know, you see something. <coughs> um, sometimes it's simple as seeing one movie and seeing that you can do something better. And you do, you create a whole different story from what you want to see different. Um, and also I think for us as people of color, because we don't see ourselves in so many things, it's always been a great, wonderful challenge to start putting, you know, when you create stories, you put us in there because you find out that you sometimes have blockers about why you don't see yourself in there because you believe in that. And you're like, oh my God, why am I, why am I shunning away from seeing a black person in this role? They can be in this role. They can be black mermaids and elves and dragon slayers and all that type of stuff. So why not make that happen? So I think that's also fun when you start really getting into that and really pushing um, the limits to where you start seeing yourselves in these stories, but also making sure that you are telling it from a different point of view to where it's not really about you, it's still about celebrating the diversity and inclusion within these stories, if that makes any sense. But I feel like that I have to always go always outside of my own box when I'm trying to create stories. Uh-huh. So once we're talking about creativity once you find that you've hit a wall or you feel like your creativity is uh, kind of muffled how do you get past that i i usually stop and i take a minute to kind of for me i have to like go out and like maybe drive around or you know maybe even just take a walk to like try to get out of a rut. There's been times where I'm like, I don't know where the, the story's gonna go. And I'm so into it that I need to just break away from it. And it sometimes that really helps. Uh, a quick walk around a block, whatever can help me get back on track. Or <clears throat> sometimes to write out a different outline um, because I can write an outline for what I want in the story and then turn around and do something different. What's been helpful with an editor, for example, when I wrote the second version of Strange Lore, I already had it planned out what it's gonna be like. And then once my editor threw a monkey wrench in it, it kind of made me open my eyes to see something totally different. So if I showed you what the original second story of Strange Lore looked like and what the second story looks like now, there are two different worlds. And so I kind of like the fact that Sometimes it takes a little bit of a, you know, somebody to kind of show you like you can do this and it will open up something different to where you can really see your creativity start churning and rolling out something different. 
Um, so for me, it, it sometimes it's just someone showing me something different in the story for me to change it, or it takes something for me just to kind of step out of my own world with what I've already planted and look at a whole different format and don't be afraid of looking at a different format because sometimes that will help you see another story. Uh -huh. What about you? What do you do when you get into that situation? I turn to other people for inspiration. Uh, like, not so much as, I'm just going to copy right off of, uh, under the noses, mm -hmm. but I collaborate with other people. Like, when it comes to um, choreography, there's some sometimes where you are just so trapped in what you want to do or one certain way of looking at this particular movement with this particular song and they just don't go together. Maybe just stepping back and somebody saying, well, maybe we, if we do it this way and if it does happen, then, you know, everything else will flow better. But I think collaboration, I do love collaborating with other people when it comes to creative work, such as dancing, such as uh, costuming, such as, you know, other stuff. Because I think it's better to have more than one, more than your ideas in the room. Mm -hmm. That way, you can have more richness into whatever you're, whatever is being sold, whatever is being told. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's sometimes, some, I think that sometimes the best part is when you kind of do that. <laughs> I, I don't know how to put it in better words, but what you were saying makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. Uh -huh. <coughs> I don't get this. I feel yeah, like- Yeah, we always, Oh, go ahead. No, I always feel like that people underestimate their creativity. I think that a lot of us needs to be, need to embrace it more. I think that, you know, I, I always thought that, yes, people of color, we've been told that we can only do certain things. And I think that we should always just look at it from so many different lenses and also look at the fact that creativity has no limits. So you should try to go as far as you can with it. Right. I I completely agree with that. Because especially when you say in terms of Black people, how we've been relegated to tell the same stories when it comes to, oh, you know, such as a Tyler Perry movie, yeah. or when it comes to uh, hip hop. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's why different things, uh, such like, um, Matthew Terry's, uh, what was it, his uh, Black Hair? Hair Love. His short story? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, you, you haven't seen anything like that, much less from a Black man about Black women in their hair. Yeah. Or when it comes to uh, the chilling adventures of Sabrina, you see Prudence in this uber sexy, confident, badass, which mm -hmm. where 10, 15, 20 years ago, you wouldn't have never saw seen that. Yeah. Or just recently with the, uh, the first black female uh, Doctor Who, 
you know, we couldn't imagine seeing ourselves in these kind of fantasy or on um, not normal roles for black people. Yeah. yeah. But it's just, you know, the sky's, the sky's the limit when it comes to creativity and black people, because I truly think that black people are some of the funniest, some of the most creative, some of the most um, interesting storytellers in this fucking world. And I'll put money on that. No, I agree. I think you you have a you make a very good point that we can do so many things. That's why we do get mad at, at Tyler Perry in a way of the fact that it seems like he's getting fame for for not moving not moving the needle at all. And I think that you should be moving the needle. You should be taking it to different levels. You're right. There was a time we didn't see a black villain. Um and then you still see people resistant towards a black villain, but that plays a part of how you create that and what role you give them and, 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 and what reason you give them to exist. I think as a creative person, you can really give whatever character, whatever story, whatever situation, a reason to be. And I think that we should really get our out of our own heads at times and just kind of take it to the next level. Um, I love the fact that, for example, Steph I Will, you know, everybody knows Stephanie, she's taking characters that we love from comics and putting them in a different format to where we're laughing about it and we can relate to it, what she's doing right now with her webcomic. So I just feel like that, you know, this is what you should be doing. You should be able to either create characters or take characters and put them in different ways, be creative about how you do it and, and, and revel in it because you need to be able to really challenge yourself when it comes to creating things when it comes to looks and fashion you know i think of you know i think of the whiz <laughs> you know when that movie came out how it didn't do so hot but it was just the fact that you saw something at that black at, at, at that big a caliber at the time of seeing so many things from that and how as a black wizard of oz you know, people laughed at him. I forgot the, the creator of, of The Wiz, but he was laughed at because of that. It was like, you crazy if you're thinking of this, a black Wizard of Oz, but look at it now, you know? Uh -huh. And these are things that we have to be able to like, wow, look at it. Look what we can, look what we can do. So when it comes to creativity, I can't stress this enough. You need to be, just take it all the way there. Just take it all the way there because you never know what will happen with it. Um, and the way people respond to it has always, I believe, has been very positive. Because you think about, and we don't have to fall into the trappings either. One of the things that I appreciate about Jordan Peele is when he gave us us, <laughs> um, it wasn't like a black tropey type of film. It was a horror film with black people. And you saw it for that. What I wish sometimes gay creators would do is not put the trappings in everything. There's been a few gay horror films that have used every trapping in the book, the club, the back room, drugs, like everything that, you know, stereotypically we know for, they put that in the movie in order for us to watch the movie. So I always feel like y'all are kind of you know, insulting our intelligence, but also insulting creativity here. You don't have to make it gay for us to watch it. You can have, again, a horror movie that features gay characters. 
doesn't have to be they go into the club, don't have to be somebody is the drag queen in it, doesn't have to be all these things. It could just be there's three gay people and Jason's after them. <laughs> That's all it has to be. It doesn't have to be so many of the trappings. So I think, again, when it comes to creativity, don't let the trappings get too much into it because it's, no, it's not really being creative. You're using these things to kind of ground it and you're stifling it at the same time, if that makes sense. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we can go on all day about creativity, but I think y'all get the idea. It's more about really just pushing yourself and seeing what can come out. And I think that's been the fun part about writing is uh, one of the things that my editor said is she likes the fact that when she says like, this is not going to work that I can easily turn it around and do something totally different. And I, I, I want, I want to believe that because I'm just open to the creative energy <laughs> that I'm able to do that. And it's not easy for everybody, but I, I feel like you have to be open to that, to be ready to receive kind of that gift of creating something that would be kind of neat. So, you know, y'all, for those of you who want to write or those of you who are thinking of writing, creating, drawing, fashion, whatever you're doing, just look at yourself and basically say, I have to step out of my own way. Say that to yourself and then go for it. And that's all you can do. That's <laughs> really all you can do. Oh, goodness. Well, anything else we can add to this? Well, with that being said, I guess this does bring us close to our first episode in 2020. Mm -hmm. As always, you can find us on social media. I'm at Porter Pizzazz. Rick is at Wonderman 5. You can like, rate, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher. We're also on Facebook at MakeAshamePod, Instagram at MakeAshamePod. Visit our website at MakeAshamePod.com. Um, let's see. I think that is all. Is there anything else before we get out of here? No, that is about it. Um, but we will be back shortly. Y'all have a good week, and we will talk to y'all soon. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>